there. Welcome to Extra Healthy-ish, the big sister podcast, to the one called Healthy-ish. Both podcasts are from Body and Soul with me, your host, Felicity Harley. Oh, we're talking about training in blocks today. Do you know what this is all about? Well, listen in if you don't, because I'm chatting with Mackenzie Blakey via Zoom from Melbourne. She is a... Well, she started as a trainer at Body Fit Training, aka BFT, and fast forward 10 years, and she is now the education coordinator, meaning she trains the trainers. Today, she is going to give us a little lesson in how to structure your training in blocks and why this is a winner for your whole health, fitness, and well-being. Mackenzie, thank you for joining us today on Extra Healthy-ish. How are you? I'm good, Felicity. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good today. Great. Fighting off the jet lag, so so that's good. Now, how do you stay extra healthy-ish in your life? Um, it's interesting. For me, it's more, more about consistency. Um, I often find that, you know, there's always ways that we can be healthier, no matter who we are or what we do in our day-to-day life. Um, for me, I try and think about what I can incorporate into my life. So what can I add that's going to help me to be a little bit more healthy? Can I go for another walk? Can I add more protein into my diet? Um, you know, little bits and pieces, but I like to just stay consistent with what I do and then slowly build on that over time. Um, oftentimes people are like, oh, I'm not going to eat chocolate or I'm not going to do this. And I think that just makes you think, I want to eat chocolate or I want to do that. So for me, it's more about just being consistent with what I know I can maintain and then just trying to add something a little extra on top. Yeah, I like that. Now, we're talking training, well, in blocks and and this is, you know, what you preach in your daily life, what you do in your daily life at BFT. What is this all about? Yeah, so um, when BFT was founded, um, it really was a way to bridge the gap between the training that your elite athletes do and then the training that you see for the general pop in group training and things like that. So when you talk about elite sport, you look at um, how you cycle training. So, for example, they've got pre-season, in-season and off-season and they cycle their training based on what they're trying to achieve in those blocks. So in a similar way at BFT, we kind of focus on those training blocks as well. So um, we focus in eight-week training blocks. Um, And what we do with those is we have a particular focus for that eight weeks, those eight weeks, and we work towards that. So we kind of look at what the end goal is and then we work backwards from there. How are we going to progress our workouts and how are we going to keep achieving that without overloading um, and while avoiding injury at the same time? So always making sure that you have those peaks and troughs and you build and you deload and you build and you deload, but always working towards and progressing towards that end goal at the end of it. Is there any reason why it's eight weeks? Is that kind of a bit of a sweet spot of, you know, the two-month block? Um, it's interesting that you ask that. It's, it is very different for everyone. Um, there's actually a lot of research saying that for females, a 12-week block is really beneficial. Um, eight weeks is just a really good way when you're working with general pop to keep the variety in it as well and to keep it exciting. Um, I know that, you know, so many different things out there and people just always want to try something new and do this and do that. 
What I think the great thing about BFT is that we focus on one thing for eight weeks, which means that you really hone in and you learn those movement patterns, but you progress at the same time. So eight weeks is just a really good way to have that focus, help people to build. But then at the end of that eight weeks, we then change the stimulus and we create a new block of training so that it adds variety into their training as well. What are some things you focus on in those eight-week blocks? Say, just say someone was trying to do this eight-week block thing at home. Do you say, okay, eight-week blocks, we're focusing on endurance and then strength. Is that how you cut it all up? Yeah. So again, it comes back to what your goals are at the end of the day. So we often say that we are group training, but with a bias towards strength training. So no matter what we do, we always focus it around what our strength movements are going to be. And then we build it from there. So what do we want to achieve at the end of it? Are we trying to increase our strength in this block or do we want it to be a more metabolic block? For example, when we have challenges, do we want to maybe have a bit more of a focus on losing weight and how are we going to structure it with that? Um, And then we kind of build it that way. But again, it comes down to your goals and what you really want to achieve. If you're looking for building strength, then you really would focus on those more strength style and hypertrophy style workouts where you can really build your muscle mass and progress through that. If you're really trying to lose weight, then you might look at more of your strength endurance and more of your cardio-based exercises and things like that. So it's just different ways that you can structure it, but continue to build in your training depending on what your goals are. And what's involved in a in a block workout? I mean, and we, you talked a bit about, well, the progressiveness of it. Tell us about this. Yeah, so it kind of just gives you a bit more of a purpose behind your training. So a lot of the times people just train for the sake of training um, and they just train randomly and don't really have a purpose behind it. So this block training is a little bit more scientifically backed and it implements progressive overload. And it really is the best way to progress. So in a training block, you can really get results um, and you really can focus on those movement patterns and and change the way that your body reacts to different stimulus as well. And I suppose that changing it up after eight weeks is good for your body, right? Because your muscle memory gets used to certain things, switch it around, you know, try these other muscle, let's focus on these other muscles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, it can. Um, often people are always looking for variety and looking for how can I change this and how can I change that? But Really, at the end of the day, we just want to nail the fundamentals. And if you can nail the fundamentals, that's all you really need. But variety is just a way to keep people interested and keep people on their toes and keep people wanting more. And I think that's what's most important because, you know, we're not all powerlifters and we're not all weightlifters and we're not all trying to go on stage and be the biggest bodybuilders ever. So, We can't just focus on just doing isolated movements and just doing squats and deadlifts all of our life because at the end of the day, the general person is going to get bored with that. So it really is just about variety. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you have a purpose and that purpose is just to move, that's great. Exactly, exactly. What types of people does block training suit best? Are there any people that perhaps it doesn't suit? Well, yeah, it's really going to suit everyone Um, because you think about it, You know, the block training that we do at BFT is, I guess, less specific to a particular sport. It's more specific to being strong every day and for everyday activities, whether it's carrying your shopping bags or holding a kid in one hand and carrying shopping in another hand or whether it's reaching up to grab something from the top shelf. But 
it's very different in terms of it's not specifically tailored towards being a triathlete or being a runner or, you know, being a cyclist. So it, block training can be suitable for everyone. It just at the end of the day depends on what your goals are and that's how you tail, tailor your block towards you. We'll be back after this short break with more from Mackenzie. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. You deal with a lot of people, you create, you know, these programs for BFT. What are some similarities and habits of people who actually hit their goals? Because so often we just don't. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think it all comes back to consistency at the end of the day because, you know, so many people will say, oh, I've got, you know, X event that I want to get really fit for um, and they'll go gung-ho for however long and then at the end of that they completely drop off and they go back to their old habits and unfortunately if you go back to your old habits you're not going to be able to maintain everything that you just achieved. Um, Our bodies aren't built to just be the one way all the time and it's something that we always have to work towards so really in my opinion the people that are really solid in hitting their goals are just the people that are more consistent in, you know, eating the right things and training um, effectively, um, but also just training regularly as well. What are some of the common goals that you see people come in and ask about? You know, is it generally an event-based thing or is it I just want to get fitter or I just want to get healthier or or more general type goals? Uh, yeah, we do. We get it's really quite a mixed bag of everything, to be quite honest. Like you'll have people who, you know, their wedding is at the end of the year, so they want to get fit and healthy for their wedding. Or you have people who might have been to a GP and had some tests done and they've just found out that they have high cholesterol or high blood pressure, for example, so they want to just increase their level of activity so that they can improve their biological markers. Um, There really is such a range of goals. Um, I think so many people are like, oh, I want to – decrease the size of my left arm or I want to, you know, I want to lose <laughs> weight around my stomach. And I think the biggest thing that you've got to remember is, and you probably hear it all the time, is you can't spot reduce. So you can't just focus on one area. And it's really important to have a holistic view on your training. And um, yeah, I mean, we can always tailor your training towards whatever the goal may be. But um, oftentimes when you just have a goal to get fitter and healthier, in the long term, they're the ones that are most successful. And do people really come in and say, can I please just make this right bicep bigger? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's real, really people out there that just have those specific physique goals. And, you know, there is a time and a place, but you really do have to isolate and specify your training to be able to achieve things like that. Yeah. But I do think your advice about the holistic approach to training, and thankfully I feel like we're, you know, as a society, as a culture, we're shifting a bit more away from the physique-based training to the, I just want to feel better. I want my mental health to be in a good place. And that is through training and strength and whatever that may be. Tell me when people are in the gym, when you're in the gym, when you see people in the gym, what's one thing you wish 
they did more of or perhaps did less of? Yeah, so I think while one, it comes down to the type of training, I think everybody loves a cardio session. And for me, I wish people would do more strength and really work on that longevity. Um, You know, I was doing a course not that long ago and the person taking the course said to us, you know, I do strength because I want to be able to wipe my butt on my last day on this earth. And (laughs) as funny as it is, it actually resonated with me so much because really at, at the end of it all, we really do just want to be functional like all the way through our lives. And I think that is so important. I think that gets lost in translation a lot of the time as well. So I really do wish people would focus and have more of a purpose behind their training and what they're trying to achieve so that they get more out of it. How do we get clearer on our purpose? Because I think that's a good point. Like how is it just sitting down and saying, okay, yes, I want to wipe my butt at the end of my life? Is it just (laughs) whatever? I love that. I'm going to use that. Thank you. (laughs) Is it just acknowledging that? Yeah, and I think everybody's different. Like you, you'll have people who are really big journalists and they always, you know, write things down and, or you have people who have all these affirmations and, you know, purpose for everyone is just going to be so different and everyone's going to have a different purpose or a different belief in what a purpose is as well. And I think just, you know, really sitting down and acknowledging who you are and what you really want out of life is the most important because, just doing things for you is just so important. And I also think purpose changes throughout your life and your life stage. I mean, it has has for me and definitely when it comes to health and fitness because, you know, what drove me to work out when I was 30 is a lot different now. I'm in my 40s. is is probably more about longevity once I got over that 40 mark. <laughs> and, 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 you know, even when I had kids, you know, it all kind of it shifts, doesn't it, as you – you know, as you go through life. Yeah, absolutely. And you're exactly right. Like you have kids and all of a sudden your values change and your outlook on life changes and all of a sudden this big world just gets smaller. And I think that's probably the difference as well. You know, when we're so young and potentially driven by Instagram and social media and all the rest of it, like our focus is so just centered on physique and the way that we look. Whereas as we get older and we branch out a little bit more or we are more comfortable in our own skin, those values a hundred percent change. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I can attest to that. Now, what do you do to stay fit? I do a range of everything. I love to train at BFT, train at BFT every day. Um, I love Pilates, um, a little bit more hypertrophy and all that stability stability type of training as well. But for me, going for walks is just my number one. I love going for a walk and leaving my phone at home and just taking the dog for a walk and being out in nature and all the rest of it. So for me, it's just a variety of everything. I have my own strength program that I'm working through at the moment, but on top of that, just activity in general and being outside and that's what I love to do. Actually, the humble walk, I don't think we appreciate that enough. Sometimes you think, okay, I have to go to the gym. I have to go and do cardio. I have to go and lift some, you know, work on my strength. But, you know, the walk can be so therapeutic for so many reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it before, like exercise is so good for the mind and for your mental health and going for a walk is just that, just getting outside and being with yourself or with your dog or, you know, with someone you love and just having a conversation. It's just really nice. Not with your kids. That's a big tip. Leave your kids at home. (laughs) 
Not so relaxing. <laughs> exactly. Nice to talk to you today, Mackenzie, and thank you for coming on Extra Healthy-ish. Thanks so much for having me, Felicity. Well, there you have it. Eight-week blocks and consistency is the key. Now, if you did listen to my episode of Healthy Ish with Mackenzie, I did let you in on a secret that I am in training for the AFL Brownlow, which is in, what, four weeks, five weeks? Anyway, but now I am just going to scale it back a bit. Be consistent. That is the key. Anyway, if you want to know more, if you want more fitness tips, we have plenty of extra healthy-ish episodes about this exact topic. If you want more from us, head to bodyandsoul.com.au, join the conversation via Body and Soul on Instagram, Facebook or TikTok. Thanks again for listening in. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, stay extra healthy-ish. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.